Hello, you're listening to Dr. Diggy's podcast. I'll be debunking medical myths through conversations with health professionals. Hello, everyone. This is episode four of Dr. Diggy's podcast. And in today's episode, I'll be talking about diet trends and how to spot the fact from fiction. So being cooped up at home because of the coronavirus and quarantine, wherever you are, some of us have taken advantage of trying out new diets to either lose weight or get fit. Some of us have been successful. I'm jealous. And some of us have not anyway but let's forget about that for now but what I've been thinking with diets and what people have been asking me is which diets are good which ones are doing more harm than good I mean there's so many to choose from from the very trendy vegan diet to this latest thing I've been hearing about which is the CMOS diet I mean where do we even begin I'm ne- literally never heard of that until only like a couple of weeks ago so to discuss this further, I'm joined by Tai Ibitoye. She's a UK registered dietitian, and when she's not busy working on the wards in hospitals, she's working on her PhD research. And she's super, super active on social media with her incredibly informative posts on Instagram. Her account's called at Tai Talks Nutrition. So check that out. Really, really good. So Tai, tell me, how have you been doing? Busy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm okay. Uh, it's just been a very hectic over the past couple of weeks yeah, um, yeah, just yeah. and my research but um yeah it's okay and so <laughs> what, what are you doing what's your research on so currently my research is on appetite um so i'm looking at the influence what kind of influences people's appetite yeah mainly in older adults um so yeah um <laughs> that's what i'm basically investigating at the moment and is that part of your research for your PhD or? Yes, yes. Oh my goodness. Wow. That is big. <laughs> That's a huge commitment. Um, I sounds very cheesy, but my dad, when I was growing up, he did a PhD when we were kids. And he, when I asked him what it stood for, he told me it stood for permanent head damage because it's stressed. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so for ages, I was like, it doesn't mean that. I was like, oh, thanks dad. Just, just completely ruined it for me. Um, but yeah, so... I think we should start. We've got so much we can talk about today. Like, honestly, it's so good to have you on to this episode. And like with this, I think, I don't know if you agree with me, this because of social media and the the way everyone has become so used to checking Instagram for almost for news now, people have used Mm -hmm. taken to, to checking and learning so much about diet fads and things on, on social media. I don't know what you think about that. I agree. I agree. Um, social media is on the rise, like the use of it. Yeah. Um, and I think there were some data showing that since lockdown, um, pe- more people have been using social media. So yes, I definitely agree <laughs> that people are getting most of their information from social media. Um, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And probably not checking. I mean, I really liked your, your post you had a couple of months ago um by the way i love your instagram page if you don't know you've never heard or seen it you have to go and check out our instagram page and i'll have the links and stuff attached to the post but it's thai talks nutrition uh, is that right yes okay <laughs> I sometimes get it the other way around but um and you have these really great like informative clear cut and really prissy posts about anything from like um vitamin d to folic acid and i think it's um one of my favorite posts that you had i think it was back in december you you did this thing about um 
eight practices and trends to ditch in 2020. Should we yeah. talk about that a bit? Because I think it's so important to, to think about. Mm-hmm. I wish we had probably done that in January so we can all learn and reflect. But you know, this, we can always we can <laughs> we can always start now. So like, what what were they? I'm just going to check. What what do you remember? What they were? Let me just see. Yeah. So I think I'm trying to remember. So I think one of it was to not get your nutrition information from Netflix. Um, <laughs> so when I actually posted that. that, I think. Yeah, people do that actually. Um, so when I posted it, I think there was quite a few documentaries that were released. I think one of it was The Game Changers, um, and another was What the Health. Um, and oh. I was literally getting a lot of people asking me questions about these documentaries, and um, even some some of my patients that I was seeing yeah. um, were restricting certain food groups because you know of, after they've watched. <laughs> these um, shows on Netflix and so it was just very annoying Um, (laughs) and yeah so I I think when I did that post I was on a mini rant because I just had enough (laughs) I was just like listen people need to stop getting their nutrition and health information on Netflix just because you know something works for one person doesn't mean that it's going to work for you Absolutely. Um, and I think people need to understand that um one size doesn't fit all yeah you know what you see um in terms of health benefits of one person doesn't mean that you also get those health benefits if you follow that diet exactly. um, nutrition is very individualized and very personalized very personalized as well and yes more people need to know that so that was one of the things that i wanted people to ditch in 2019 but you know people still <laughs> people still <laughs> it's hard it's hard because it's there it's pretty it looks cool it worked for so-and-so but like you said it's it's very important to be thorough and research where you're getting your information from and really question everything and mm-hmm. be critical and i think that can be applied to anything yes. about health i'm not we shouldn't dismiss some of these fads completely but it's to really think and dis- mm-hmm. and, and critically uh, about what it means i also really liked your post um we'll go into different diets because i think it'd be great to like have your own advice in, advice about um about different diets because some people have asked that already but i really liked your post um where you talked about healthy eating tips for african and african caribbean individuals and you talked about fruit and veg starchy carbs mm-hmm. um dietary alternatives and oils and spreads mm-hmm. and like it's it's true like there's a you know i i've have got i've got um, a relative my i was telling a friend the other day one of my dad's uncles lived to 103 and i think he passed away maybe 2005 or maybe before then and he he was eating only like nigerian diet he was <laughs> that's what he knew and that's what he so there's definitely something about the diet that that is if you eat but then it's all about proportion isn't it what do you think yes yes i 100% agree with you um <clears throat> it's all about portion sizes it's all about how often you are eating certain foods um mm. people tend to think that the african and caribbean diet is a very unhealthy diet mm. um but it's not the case at all if anything you know we are quite lucky in the sense that our diet is um contains lots of fruits and vegetables different mm-hmm. types of exotic fruits and vegetables um, lots of starchy carbohydrates and even some protein sources as well um, but it's more so to do with how we prepare some of these meals um, that people um, need to be more mindful of yeah so and in my household when it comes to so we like lots of 
Effle, Effle, I'm not saying it properly, Effle, <laughs> I'm not even going to say it properly, <laughs> but, um, yeah, that, <laughs> um, but just seeing how my mum prepares it, she puts a lot of oil, um, palm oil as well, um, lots of salt, lots of seasoning, yeah, and yeah. literally what can potentially be a very nutritious and healthy dish yeah. is basically a very unhealthy one because of the cooking methods. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, so when I did that post, it was just to raise awareness that, you know, we can actually eat healthy um, by making um, appropriate cooking changes. So instead of frying certain meals, maybe we can bake them or steam it instead of um, drinking um, lots of drinks that contains lots of sugar, like super malt. Um, We can drink it in moderation, but then there were other healthier drink options that we can make Um, and also about portion sizes as well Um, so it's not to say that stay away from powdered jam don't eat white rice you can eat all of these meals but just be mindful of how much you are consuming exactly exactly and some of the yes and some of the challenges that some of my patients tell me is that when they see other dietitians well yeah when they see other dietitians um some of the dietitians just tell them to ditch what they're currently eating. Yeah. So they will normally tell them, I'll oh, eat quinoa, eat couscous, <laughs> um, you know, have some bulgur wheat. And it's just like, okay, that's great. You know, these foods are healthy, yeah. but is that actually <laughs> it's not it's not sustain- it's not realistic. And I think yeah, that, that comes from understanding and really like it, it comes from the dietitian or nutritionist or even the doctor or GP really asking what you are eating and if you really ask for example if your diet consists of eating lots of moi moi which is basically black eyed beans processed and it's it's really um, um, healthy nutritionist it's a healthy protein to source of protein and mm-hmm. so if you're telling people to dismiss what they're eating and that's part of their diet that's that's wrong and I what's interestingly exactly. with the whole vegan trend I've seen posts about moi moi like being introduced as like the alternative protein for people to eat um, which is good in a way because it's an, it is actually healthy it's a natural you know people, um, people in Nigeria for example have been eating them for, for probably centuries so you're right yes. it's important not to just stop what you're doing altogether you can still have your effery roll you can have your gussy soup you can have okra soup but you have to eat it <laughs> in um you have to change like you say and adapt it so less salt not every time throw in four cubes of maggie not every time <laughs> not every time fry the fish not every time fry the plantain <laughs> and even if you exactly. do it's about portions you can have it once in a while um mm-hmm. but yeah no that's really true no i like that and i think that's that's very important and hopefully something that should be you know rate you know that's important to raise awareness of that even to other um, nutritionists and dietitians who may not be so aware of the culture of the the dietary foods in different cultures um yeah so let's talk about look, you talk, talk about vegan diet what are your thoughts about the vegan diet because that's really really popular right now a lot of people have have gone into it there's lots of big companies make um growing because of their um producing alternatives um to beef um burgers and things so what, what are your what's your take on that Mm. Um, so with the vegan diet um, essentially it's a plant-based diet that includes lots of fruits and vegetables whole grains pulses nuts and seeds Um, and when it comes to the vegan diet people um, have to avoid certain food groups like um, animal sources such as meat poultry fish 
honey um, and even some well all dairy products um and people tend to go on a vegan diet for different reasons so mm. i think first of all it's just to establish why somebody would want to go on a vegan diet um so there are some people who might choose that diet for different reasons like um environmental reasons and ethical concerns yeah. uh, maybe for animal welfare um and then there are other people who want to go on a vegan diet to improve their health um and people actually prefer um vegan foods compared to non-vegan foods as well yeah um as a dietitian um i support the vegan diet because um a well-balanced and well-supplemented vegan diet can actually meet um and individuals nutritional requirements um, and the reason why i say well balanced <laughs> and well supplemented <laughs> is because um we know that um there are some foods that you know people will be restricting that will contain essential vitamins and minerals mm. so we know that with meat products they contain vitamin b12 which is very important for our general health mm. and if people are avoiding products that contain meat they will be lacking in vitamin b12 um, and that's why we recommend people to um, have a daily supplement that contains vitamin b12 to making sure that they're not missing on um, on this particular vitamin um, and yeah, so the vegan diet can actually meet everyone's nutritional needs. Um, yeah. If they're including starchy carbohydrates, um, that's really good. Um, they can have whole grain versions instead, like brown rice, couscous, mm. breakfast cereals, as these contain um, good sources of iron and also B vitamins too. Um, in terms of protein, I would say that... Um, those on a vegan diet would need to pay close attention to that mm. and because obviously they are restricting um, meat from their diet as well as dairy poultry and eggs which are good sources of protein mm. and so um, those on a vegan diet would need to find plant-based alternatives so things like beans lentils tofu chickpeas nuts soya milk these contain protein and so yeah so I think when it comes to the vegan diet, it can meet everyone's nutritional needs, but yeah. it's just certain nutrients that they need to you know, be more mindful of just to make sure that they are not lacking um, in certain Yeah, I think that's my only concern. I, 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 I could never do the vegan diet. I'm, I'm too much of a meat and fish lover, but I understand <laughs> that when people, the people's reasons, I know that people, I know even religious reasons, I think, is it the, correct me if I'm wrong, and um, if the the Rastafari community their 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 diet's very mm -hmm. plant based is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So right. you know, there's lots of reasons, like you said, why you want to go into vegan diet. But I think it's so important, yes. and I think the key message here is that you need to have supplements because you're yes. not going to meet your your dietary requirements without them. And I think the kind of people, some of the kind of people that do take the um, who are on vegan diets. Who, who dismiss the idea of medication or tablets to supplement? I think I'm just worried about them because I think I don't know about you, but you have to you'll have to make a huge effort to for, to find the sources um, of vitamin B12 specifically mm -hmm. in plants yeah. in plant based foods. <coughs> yeah. So yeah, no, I completely agree. Hundred percent. So I was gonna. I had a I had a question. For, um, yeah, one other thing. So let's go through. So we talk about vegan diet. What about um, 
probably a bit dated now, but a couple of years ago, intermittent fasting was really, was it? Yeah, it was quite popular. Um, Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? What's your thoughts? Okay. So when it comes to intermittent fasting, there are different types of it. Mm -hmm. Um, So the ones that I'm aware of, um, there's like the 24 hour intermittent fasting where you basically eat nothing until it's dinner time. Oh gosh. Yeah, <laughs> and then you eat your meal, and then the next time you eat is basically the next following day um, at dinner time. So that's what you call the 24 hour fasting. Okay. There's also the 16 to 8 method where you basically fast for 16 hours yeah. um, throughout the day, um, and then you basically eat within an eight hour window. Um, so that's one method. And another method is the 5 2 diet which is basically you're restricting your calorie intake to about 500 calories um, on two days a week, yes. (laughs) And then the other five days, you're just consuming a regular diet. Um, So in terms of my thoughts towards it, um, obviously I'm not really for it because... (laughs) It's um, so nice. Yeah. (laughs) You're not really for it. You're like, no, please. (laughs) (laughs) Because... You are restricting um, certain food, like you're basically restricting a lot um, from your diet, not really eating that much calories to yeah. sustain your day. Um, but people do lose weight um, as a result, and that's because they're consuming less calories. Um, and we know that that's how it works. When there's an energy def- deficit, you are bound to lose weight. Yeah, of course. Um, What's actually quite interesting is that with intermittent, intermittent fasting, compared to other diets, there isn't much of a difference. Okay. Um, so there was actually one study that compared the intermittent fasting to other weight loss diets. Yeah. Um, and it was found that, you know, um, people reached about 5% of their weight loss um, around the same time. So there wasn't oh. any particular difference at all. What other diets um, were they? So the other diets were the keto diet. Okay. Um, yes, so the keto diet. And I can't remember the other one, but it was the intermittent fasting keto diet. And, oh, yeah, I can't remember the other I guess diet, it gets results. But... And, I, and I think people will probably do it just for a short period of time. Sorry about that. Um... Yes. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So for a short period of time, yes, you are bound to lose results. Um, you know, fasting does have its benefits. So... People do fast for religious reasons. Yeah. And, and some people find that when they fast, they seem to be more alert. Um, they gain more clarity. Mm-hmm. They are more disciplined. So people do it for different reasons. Yeah. But in terms of for weight loss, yes, you will lose weight, but it's not sustainable. And it's also not healthy long term because yeah. you will be missing out on some important nutrients. You won't be meeting your full energy and protein requirements and you never know what's actually happening in your body internally Um, and that's what I always tell people that yes on the outside you will lose weight you will look great um you might be happy but (laughs) then you never know what is actually happening inside of you Um, and you know and I think people just need to be aware of that that the physical appearance is not a reflection of your total health 
Oh, and also if you have other medical conditions, you have to be careful of about course. your diet. And I think that's what people need to re- remember. I guess if you're diabetic and doing intermittent mm-hmm. fasting, your doctor's going to have like a heart attack. He's going to be like, no, 100%. <laughs> please. 100%. Um, so yeah, it's very important to be aware. And maybe, maybe even if it's tricky to speak to a GP or, you know, get some information and check online um, mm-hmm. to find out whether it's safe for you, depending on your medical mm-hmm. history or whether yes. whatever disease you have, whether you can do these diets. And I know that's so, so true. Um, yes. As, so I, we do this session every t- episode where I do, I throw a, th- a series of questions um, and you have to decide whether it's true or trash. And I think to be fair, <laughs> you probably be able to tell me if they're true or trash more than anything. Um, so let's start with the first one. <laughs> I just love the word trash. It doesn't make any sense. It's true or false. Okay, so the first one is, should we be eating according to our blood type? True oh or trash? Sorry? Trash. <laughs> trash. trash. I need to get like a dustbin like sound effect or something. But um, <laughs> trash can sound effect. But yeah, so like, yeah, where did that come from? When I saw that, I was like, what? Blood type yes. diet? No, I don't even know. I, I'll be honest. Yes. I don't even think I know my blood type. I think it's O. I can't remember. I'll have to ask my mum. But... <laughs> um to even to say so you know your blood type and then you're going to do a diet according to this where where is this from where does this come from uh, um deep breath come from many years ago actually <laughs> <laughs> for many years ago and it was just based on the notion that um the type of food we eat can be broken down differently and yeah. depending on a person's particular blood type um and it's also suggested that you know individuals who actually eat foods um, according to the blood type can improve their health status and also reduce the risk of certain diseases like cardiovascular disease. Mm. Um, and there's no scientific evidence behind it. Mm-hmm. Um, like literally, there's no evidence to support it. Um, so I don't really encourage people to eat according to their blood type. Um, as we know, there's different blood groups so there's like um, type a type b type mm-hmm. ab and type o mm-hmm. and you know it was suggested that people who have different blood types should be restricting certain foods from their diet mm. so i know for example for people who have like a um, um blood type a they should be they should basically avoid all meat and meat products from their diet so restrict that from their diet and also restrict dairy products from their diet so essentially they're on their vegetarian they should be on a vegetarian based diet okay. or vegan diet yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that people who have um type a i'm mean, not sorry type b um is suggested that they should consume um, lots of fruits and vegetables in their diet um and avoid certain foods like lentils tomatoes wheat corn and other types of vegetables as well and literally i can go on and talk about other blood types and let's not let's not because we don't we don't want them we don't want anyone to learn at all but overall i don't recommend it because um people are going to be restricting important food groups from their diet like dairy grains which provides them with essential vitamins and minerals um and we know that when you cut out certain food groups from your diet without the input of your GP or dietitian, you can put yourself at risk of nutritional deficiencies. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I just, it, it's not really recommended um, long term. You <laughs> yeah. will be putting your body under certain stress um, and 
this is not what you want really <laughs> no so, no yes, no so interesting it's, it's not something <laughs> i've heard before i mean everything else i'm going to ask you now i've heard before but not this one okay so um true or trash reducing caffeine intake reduces the risk of hypertension that's true yeah that's true that's yeah that's, yeah, that's true i think that and salt and um one of the other things that can help reduce dietary wise that can help with reducing your risk um, of hypertension so, so dietary wise um so yes caffeine and um, reducing intake of caffeine can um reduce blood pressure and that's actually one of the first line dietary um advice we give to patients um, when we assess their diet and we know that they are drinking lots of caffeinated beverages mm. um, and this is not just tea and coffee um, you know caffeine can be found in um, fizzy drinks yeah and energy drinks as well yeah and also some chocolates too so um also in like in a, oh sorry just they're also found in um a lot of diet pills as well like the green tea tablets and yes, things yes yes exactly exactly <laughs> so it's to reduce your intake of those um if you do like teas and coffee then perhaps go for decaf options yeah. instead um so yes um and we know also reducing your salt intake can help to lower your blood pressure um so this is not just salt that you just add in your cooking um these are it also includes salt that is hidden in certain foods yeah like um other types of snacks as well and that's why we like to um advise people to check their food um labeling packaging just to see um the amount of salt that is within that food product um and also when it comes to cooking, you know, there are other ways to add flavour to your meals. So instead of using salt or even some stock stock cubes that contains a lot of salt, yes. um, perhaps using fresh herbs and spices to give your food that flavour. Oh yeah, definitely. Because they got they've got yes. lots of salt in them as well. So Yes, exactly. Um, um, we we'll also know that alcohol can increase um blood pressure so yeah. if people do drink alcohol to reduce their intake um the uk government recommends that um men and women should drink no more than 14 units 14 units yeah. a week um so yes so people should drink less than that um i like to advise people to have free so like one two three alcohol free days during the week mm. um, and not to save all of their units for one day <laughs> exactly um, if Saturday they, night if people exactly <laughs> and also um you know eating a healthy balanced diet can help to reduce um your blood pressure as well so eating lots of fruits and vegetables and um, because they contain potassium and fiber yeah. which and um, studies and that is very beneficial in lowering blood pressure um individuals should reduce their intake of snacks that tend to be high in fat and sugar um, and also going for whole grain options when it comes to carbohydrates so um, brown bread, brown rice, yes, exactly. cereals. and also you know there are some meats that contain a lot of salt um, so when I was doing my research um, a couple of weeks ago I realized well I knew this already but yeah. when I read it it was as to me, certain um, meats, like processed meats, contain a lot of salt. 
like salami, pepperoni, bacon, and these are very high in salt. So if people do eat this quite often, they should try to reduce their intake. It's true. Sometimes you forget it's the stuff you don't see and it's Mm -hmm. definitely worth always checking the packaging, definitely. Of course, yes. Um, So I've got some more true or trash questions. Uh, Let's see. Coconut oil is healthier than sunflower or vegetable oil. Oh, that's a huge trend I felt like the last year like people were trying to like I saw that all over social media and mm. what do you think of I think I, I think you wrote a post about this as well about coconut oil I did, mm-hmm. I did. um so that's false um it's not a healthier alternative um I think the reason why coconut oil has gained a lot of attention is because people assume that oh coconut you know that's healthy um, <laughs> exactly <laughs> having coconut oil should be healthy obviously but that's mm. not the case at all um coconut oil contains um more than 80 percent of saturated fat um, and so when it comes to fats there are two types two main types of fats there's saturated and unsaturated saturated um is what i like to say is the bad fat because okay. if you do consume too much of it it can increase your risk of um certain diseases like cardiovascular disease um it can increase and if people are consuming this type of oil a lot they may be increasing their risk of cardiovascular disease and also increasing their risk of um increased ldl cholesterol levels so that's why we recommend people to go for um, plant-based oils sorry <clears throat> plant-based oils that contains unsaturated fats like olive oil rapeseed oil yeah. vegetable oil these are healthy alternatives oh interesting so i yeah i think it's important to recognize that not just to assume because you think it's healthy it is it's very important to have a look and read the packaging so yes um, so another one that's quite similar. So um, someone asked about agarve nectar is healthier than is it healthier than sugar? Because that's also that's co- become quite trendy as well. Yeah, and that's that's actually a very good question. Um, so no, they are all the same, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so when it comes to um, yeah, so some people actually think that a um agave nectar um honey even maple syrup are healthier alternatives to sugar Um, yeah but no these contain similar amounts of sugar than normal table sugar um so yes these are not healthier alternatives at all so what is an alternative? I guess you just so no golden syrup. I mean, I think it's it's all. I think it's packaging and marketing because in my head I just think agave nectar just sounds more like natural and healthy, and and I think that's the problem when you talk about things and look at things branded as natural. It doesn't necessarily always mean healthier or better for you. Mm, exactly, I agree as well. Um, so yes, so marketing plays a big role, um, and you know these types of quote-unquote healthy alternatives contain a lot of free sugars and these are sugars that are um either found naturally so they are quite they are found naturally in honey um but we know that when people consume a lot of free sugars um it can 
cause tooth decay. Oh. It can also increase your calorie intake as well. So we know that when you increase your free sugar intake, you're also increasing your calorie intake. And this in turn can lead to um, weight gain. Um, and also um, there's been some studies showing that excessive sugar consumption is linked to uh, some chronic diseases like type 2 diabetes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so this is not to say that people should avoid having these sugar sugar alternatives it's just to be mindful of how much you're consuming so you know with the misconception that these are healthy alternatives it's mm. not but but some people include the include these types of sugars in their diet quite often and without knowing the potential risk that they might have um when consuming too much free sugars no, so um, in terms of healthy alternatives, like proper healthy alternatives, <clears throat> I would say um, maybe sweetness. So having sweetness instead. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but that's not for everyone. For some yeah. people, have sweetness. And maybe including some fruits in your meals as well. So I know what I do um, with when I have my Weetabix. <laughs> I like to include oh. like berries and yeah. bananas just to give give it that sweetness yeah and um, so that's something that people um, can do if they want to have that sweetness no that's really yeah. good that's really that's very true but it's just so good to be aware of that of branding and marketing and actually really question and really understand that it's just because it looks cool and natural it doesn't necessarily mean it's healthier for you that's definitely a really <laughs> important message um and i think um another question that someone's come so moving from the true trust um um, statements. I've got a question that came through um, where someone said, "Are keto diets better for Africans, or uh, as we find it difficult to break down carbs?" Um, I guess it's important. So, what would you say to that? Because I don't, I don't think we necessarily find it difficult to break down carbs. It's probably related to portion control. Mm-hmm. I, what do you yeah. think? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't think we're unable to break down carbohydrates um as you rightly said it's mainly to do with portion sizes and also the quality of carbohydrates we're including in our diet mm. um so carbohydrate is not the enemy which some people <laughs> do think it's not the enemy at all it's one of the major sources of energy that we need and there are some carbohydrates that contain essential vitamins and minerals that we need for our body like iron which is very important and some b vitamins too um so yes um what about keto diets are they better i just i just don't know i think because you're eliminating that's a protein based Mm. diet right so you're not eating Mm -hmm. any carbs at all um and i guess maybe she's asking about maybe losing weight and not like a long-term maintenance diet if that makes sense um, yeah. maybe it would be better um, but i'm not sure yeah so uh, so with the keto diet essentially it's a low carbohydrate and high fat diet um, and i'm going to emphasize on the high fat <laughs> yeah exactly uh, well um yes and so in terms of what it does and how it works um so we know that our body uses whichever energy source is most available um, yeah in most cases is um glucose which is um, converted from carbohydrates and when we actually restrict our intake of carbohydrates our body is forced to use fat from food 
or our stores as energy instead. Okay. Um, and this process causes a buildup of ketones in the blood. Um, and essentially this process is called ketosis. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was evidence that when our body is in a state of ketosis, um, that it can induce rapid weight loss. Um, yes. But the weight loss that's seen in the beginning is more water loss than actually fat loss um so when people actually do lose weight it's more they're using a lot of water instead um and i think as i mentioned earlier on as well um with the keto diet compared to other weight loss diets um in terms of the effects of it it's all quite similar Mm. you know it doesn't really um I mean, people do see weight loss changes, but it's not that drastic compared to people who follow other weight loss diets. Yeah. Um, so yes, it does work for some people. And there is some evidence as well that the keto diet can help improve um, blood glucose, glucose levels in oh. those who have type 2 diabetes. But this is only short term and more research is actually needed to yeah. prove the long term effects of it. Yeah. Um, so it works for some people um, and I think I also mentioned that people need to be more mindful of what can potentially happen internally yeah. so yes you're great yes you might feel great you might feel better about yourself but you know the keto diet is a high fat diet and so people need to be mindful that not all fats are the same yeah um, and if people are eating a lot of foods that contain saturated fat, they can um, be increasing their LDL cholesterol levels, mm-hmm. um, which is one of the risk factors for heart disease. And actually, there was one, so a little mini case study. So I saw a patient who was on the keto diet for about, I think, two months. Wow. Um, he came to me um, for another reason and when just analyzing his diet and also checking his bloods as well yeah i realized that his cholesterol levels were super high no. i mean i couldn't believe it in his two LDL months yes in two months his ldl cholesterol levels literally increased it was just yeah oh that's just, so concerning and what if he didn't come in after this well exactly and and that and that's the scary bit as well. Um, so when you know I flagged that up to him, he was just like, "Oh my gosh, I didn't know this," um, and he literally had to stop because yeah, it was just his. It was just too high. Um, and this is something that other people that I've spoken to have noticed as well. Oh really? So they went to the GP yeah for a blood test, and they've noticed that the cholesterol levels are very high. Um, so yeah, so more people just need to be mindful that you are eating a diet that is very high in fat so your cholesterol levels for sure um and also you are restricting carbohydrates from your diet and as i mentioned carbohydrates are good sources of things like fiber so fiber is very important for our gut health um, oh, yeah. And so, if we are restricting starchy carbohydrates from our diet, um, there isn't any studies to prove this, but we know that you know fiber is very important for constipation, so it helps relieve constipation. Yeah. Also, diarrhea as well. Yeah. Um, and so, I'm not sure. Maybe 
there needs there needs to be a study to investigate it but yeah i'm not sure the effects of kids i'm not sure um, I think that is your, I just find it interesting. I think for me, like you said, you've highlighted <coughs> that it is a high fat diet and that's really important for people to understand that you're, yes. you're risking raising your cholesterol, which has a huge repercussions. It increases your risk of cardiovascular disease, such as like a heart attack, a stroke, high blood pressure. But then also I'm thinking lots of fats. I'm thinking about my liver that leads to mm-hmm. fatty liver disease. And mm-hmm. you know, all the, your liver is amazing. It works by breaking down lots of chemicals. And if it's, under pressure because you're eating just protein or you there's an increase in fat it affects the function of the liver um Mm -hmm. and i remember last time in my last rotate i remember rotation when i was doing gastro gastroenterology so managing patients with liver disease a lot of them had a fatty liver more of them had fatty Mm -hmm. liver disease than what we usually saw and read read in medical school which was alcohol related um liver disease um Mm. so it's something that people it can be insidious it can be something you don't notice and it's like you said the the key message is to be really aware of diets that ask you to restrict things and also to understand i guess that the you might be getting the fabulous weight loss and look great but internally you want your you want your organs to be healthy too of course yes 100 percent yeah I'm always jealous. I've got, I, I tried the keto diet like for two weeks. I felt awful. I think that was just the state of ketosis. But also I felt like I missed my porridge. I missed my porridge in the morning. <laughs> I'm such, I love a bowl of porridge every morning. And I just realized, oh, I can't have that. It's carb. Oh. Yeah. And that's a source of fiber as well. Like, I, think, mm-hmm. I think the key message, I guess, is the importance of a balanced diet and portion, yeah. portion control. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Awesome. Um, I have one more question. And I've seen this popping up in the last few months. Do you know anything about Iris Seamoss? I know it's a bit random, but I was just like, while I've got you here, I need to ask you, what do you know about <laughs> it? And why are people, it's like another fad. Like, does it work? What's the evidence? I heard it's similar yeah. to, like, it's like the same family group as like, um, it's like a type of algae. Um, yeah. It's mm. kind of like, um, like chia seeds and aloe vera, that kind of, kind of, uh, texture i think but it's so what, what do you you know i've heard all kinds of things but what, what do you what have you heard about cmos i don't know if you've heard much at so all. i've heard yes i've heard quite a bit about it but i haven't really investigated okay you know one for your list <laughs> these so-called benefits are yeah but what i do know which was of a concern to me is that cmos is very high in iodine um, oh. and yeah, it's quite high in iodine um, and the levels can vary. Um, yes. So we know that iodine is very important for us. Um, it helps it's, um, It helps make thyroid hormones um, in our body. It also yeah. helps with certain um, meta- metabolism in our body as well. And if you are pregnant, uh, it can help with the development of the baby's brain. Yes. Um, so but in terms of yeah so as i mentioned it's very high in iodine and we do know that um if you do consume a lot of iodine it can cause thyroid problems Um, okay and so wow yeah so i think it's just to be 
mindful of the eyes and content of CMOS. I need to do more reading actually to see what the actual yeah. item content is. But I I'll wait for you to post about it high. once you've done your research. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's, it's fascinating high. because yeah. what people don't understand, and I think this is a shame um, that people that research there's not. It needs, I feel like there needs to be more research into a lot of. Um, food products like this because i think it's been used in in you know i guess it's they call it the irish sea moss i don't know if it's popular in that in, in ireland or it's probably where it's where it came from i'm not sure exactly but i'd love to find mm-hmm. out more about it but the fact that it has varying amounts of iodine and mm-hmm. like you said it's really important to control that because if you have too much iodine you can give yourself a condition where mm-hmm. hypothyroidism which is is which which patients have when they have an you know an enlarged thyroid gland and they have yeah. to take, and those patients have to take medication to reduce their iodine levels so mm-hmm. we can control that when we know exactly when we've done blood tests and we can check your iron id um thyroid levels right but if you're mm-hmm. taking something like cmos and we have no idea what your thyroid levels are you could mm-hmm. tr- you know you could by accident increase it and tr- you know trick yourself into a whole medical condition which has um which is which can be controlled and managed but completely did not need to happen if that makes sense <laughs> yes that makes perfect sense <laughs> gosh i didn't yeah. know about that iodine wow yeah and that was something that really alarmed me when i saw that it's quite high in iodine um and i think when it comes to trying trying out new foods <clears throat> and even supplements as well that people should speak to their GP first. Yeah. So, <clears throat> people should speak to their GP first to find out if it's actually safe for them. Yeah. If it's not going to cause them any adverse effects. If it's not, and we know that certain foods can interact with certain medications. So yeah. just because everyone's doing it and it's the latest fad, it's the latest trend, it doesn't mean that you should also follow fashion. Oh my you know, gosh. Do what works for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, we are, grateful to have gps you know who are always available when we want to contact them even other healthcare professionals as well so contact them and ask them can i be taking this supplement can i be eating this particular food and yeah rather than just eating it and hoping for the best oh gosh i think it's 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 mostly it's, it's definitely important to definitely recognize that if you, even if it's tricky to get hold of the, your GP, there are, there's lots of information online that you can check and especially patient, mm-hmm. is it patient.co.uk and there's the nice guidelines where they have specific guidelines on, on certain conditions. There are places where you can check and maybe email and find out, answer these questions. Mm-hmm. And if you have access to a nutritionist or dietitian like you, Ty, then <laughs> message Ty, <laughs> like ask her. I'm sorry, I'm giving you more work, but like it's probably <laughs> safer to do that than to yes. jump on a diet fad um and there's nothing wrong with all these healthy alternatives i think it's just being cautious and being Mm -hmm. critical and thinking about where it came from and why you're trying it and not just doing it for the sake because i don't want to dismiss anything that you know like i said i've got relatives who lived you know very long healthy lives eating just nigerian diet but it's you know you have to think about there's multiple factors in place that can affect that. Do you know what I mean? It's the portion, it's sanitation, it's, it's the having pre unknown pre-existing conditions. Um, What Mm -hmm. if you didn't know you had hypothyroidism and then you started taking CMOS? That's for me, I'm just, I'm just concerned. So yeah, it's very important to really think Mm -hmm. and not just um, take everything face value that you see online Mm -hmm. um, and on social media. But um, but yeah, exactly. that was really really helpful. I'm trying to think. I think I've covered most of my questions. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add or say or suggest? 
<laughs> I think the only thing that I just want to say is that you know social media it can get lots of inspiration as well yeah and it comes to fitness diets you know wherever you want to get inspiration from you can just go on social media but when it comes to taking health and nutrition advice um it's not everyone that you should take it from Um, and it's just to just to be mindful on who is actually giving that advice um whether you want to do like a google search to see if they're legit if they are a health professional and they can actually they are allowed to give advice um then you can do so but then it's just to take advice that you see online with a pinch of salt even with me as well you know i post things on my social media but i also tell people don't take it as dietary advice you know (laughs) go to the gp go to your dietitian and Arts for tailored dietary advice. What I post on social media is just for information purposes. Yeah, it's not to tell people this is what you should do. You should do yes, that. Yes, you know? exactly. And um, because you know, I don't know every single person that follows me on Instagram, so I can't <laughs> give tailored dietary information to them. Yeah. So what I give is just for general knowledge purposes. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, so I think people should. Um, just be aware of who they actually take information from online no definitely I think that's the most important thing and to be emboldened and empowered to really think and question and ask and that's the whole point of this podcast is to really dismantle and you know break down some of these myths and fads out there Um, Mm -hmm. but it's not to dismiss them because then you know we don't know for sure um, unless there's some actual clinical research or um available so it's it's about questioning and thinking critically before jumping to a new diet of course, yes. <laughs> it was so lovely having you on thank you so much i know you're so busy doing a whole thank you for having me. <laughs> busy with work and having doing your phd research and keeping on top of your instagram even that one's a whole job i don't know how you do it it was a pleasure but have a lovely evening and um we'll hopefully be in touch soon thank you so much So that was episode four of Dr. Diggy's podcast. Thank you again to Ty for joining me today in dispelling some of those myths behind diet fads and also to share some insightful knowledge about things like coconut oil. I had no idea how unhealthy it was. That's really changed things up for me. Um, If you have learned anything or you have any questions or queries, do feel free to send me a message on uh, my Instagram page instagram my instagram page at dr diggy's podcast and also you can send me an email dr diggy's podcast at gmail.com finally don't forget to share and subscribe to the podcast you can find me on apple Podcasts, soundcloud and on spotify we got there finally thanks again for your support it really does mean so much to me and i hope you're all staying well bye for now and we'll be back with another episode very soon